Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. And I wanted to just start with Luke chapter 5 this morning. The Bible says that one day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. Now that in itself, I'm going to stop right there, just that in itself says that something is happening, that there are people that are along the coastline and they're listening to him preach. They're excited about something. Uh, my, my oldest son and I have been watching this series, and it's called The Chosen. And, and I'm not saying The Chosen is a word-for-word version of the Bible. And, and there's all kinds of little documentaries, or not documentaries, but little thoughts on is it good, is it bad, whatever. Um, but I'm watching a little bit, and one of the things that amazed me, at least in the series, is it captured something that I think the Gospels capture, of course, but I don't know that we always capture it. The crowds. The crowds were following him, and the crowds were pressing in on him. The crowds wanted to be there, and, and we could just bypass this whole passage and miss that very first line. It says that the crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. I mean, people pushing, trying to get closer. I mean, have you ever been in one of those long, long lines Maybe t- you took your kids to Six Flags. Uh, maybe you were at Disney. Maybe you were at some place where there's this long line. Um, in some countries, uh, there are long lines for food, bread lines. We probably have heard some of that back in the Great Depression in our country. But here are people pressing, getting closer and closer and closer, really invading other people's space. I mean, how many of you really like people close to you? Oh, you don't have to answer that because I can see how you're spread out this morning. You don't, you're, you're, taking, you're taking it to the way I thought you would take it. Um, we don't like, we like our space. We're Americans. Well, you know, this, give me, you know, I need at least this much, right? I love preschoolers. When you tell them to line up and, and spread out, it's like one's here and their other guy's arm is coming here, coming this direction. You're like, do you not understand that there's still more room you can spread out? No, no, they like to be all up in each other's business and, Look what's happening. It says they're pressed in on him. Why? Because of the word. Jesus was speaking the word in a way that it's obvious no one else was, had been doing. Now, they had, they had speakers of the word. They had the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They had the temple leaders. They had people preaching the word, but not like Jesus. And that was attractive. And that was That was drawing the crowds, and it says they pressed in on him. And so he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. And so he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. You know, who who ever came up with the idea that the pastor had to stand to preach? Where did that come from? I mean, he's preaching sitting down. I like that idea, actually. Um, he sits down and he's preaching. We come up with all these little traditions and ideas of how it's supposed to be. Sometimes it's a lot simpler than we think. So he gets in a boat, and the boat becomes his pulpit. And he sits down, and he preaches. He needed a little room. It said, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, who we know as Peter, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets, your nets to catch some fish. And master, Simon replied, 
We worked hard all night, all last night, and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners into the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. This great catch of fish, we don't think much about it. You can, you can go into H-E-B and you can order, you can just get a bag of 25 tilapia for like, what, eight seventy-five, Or maybe it's more than that now. You can get as many fish as you've got money in your pocket for. In fact, you could spend your whole check on fish and there'd probably be enough in H-E-B for you. I mean, it's there for the taking. And, and, and I'm seeing this, this passage and I, and I always go back to a story that I've, I've shared with you. And it was the story when we showed the Jesus film in the Amazon. When we showed the Jesus film and it got to this part, when they retold this part of the story, let me tell you the reaction of the people in the, in, along these village and these river villages, the reaction was different than when you watch it with American eyes. They all went, oh. It was like, it wasn't. And I've heard of some villages in the Philippines that started clapping and roaring. Because this is life to them. This is life. And so Jesus takes Simon and the others. There's, there's two sets of two brothers, and, and, and I'm assuming there probably were some other uh, workers there with them as well. But they go out, and they push out, and they throw down their nets. They had just been washing their nets a few minutes ago. But Jesus says, let's go back out. I mean, fishermen had... A pretty grueling task. These nets weren't light. Their jobs weren't easy. And if you've ever looked at a net, a fishing net, can you imagine washing one and getting all the junk out of it? This is tedious. This is time consuming after you've already spent all your energy out on the sea, out on the water. But Jesus says, push out. Go back out. And he says, we worked all last night and didn't catch a thing. Sounds like my kind of fishing. But he says, but if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And, and then the result was quite the opposite of what had happened. I would say it's fair to say, or it would be fair to say that there have been experiences in each of our lives when we've had a major letdown. Have you ever had a letdown in life? Something you thought was going to happen that didn't happen? Would you consider it a letdown, an inconvenience, a speed bump? When things don't go our way, we would describe it as a letdown. As I was looking at this passage today, this is a letdown. This is the biggest letdown in history. I'm playing with the words here. I hope you get that. He said, let down your nets. And Peter says, we've already done that. He said, let them down again. Let them down again. And Peter says, because you say so, I will. Well, who was you? You was the one who was gathering this crowd because of his preaching because of his words, because of some of the other things that had happened. Most likely they had heard of the miracle in Cana. Or, or maybe some of those that had been healed. Jesus is, is garnering a crowd because he's preaching a different kind of word. One full of hope and change. And Peter notices the crowd. He says, because you said to let it down, I'm going to let it down. I don't know if he would have done this for anyone else. But not only were people following on the water's edge, 
Here Peter is showing signs of wanting to follow. He says, Jesus says to him, let down your nets. When you, when you see this, you think, oh, it's just a, it's a physical action. It's more than a physical action. He's saying to Peter, he says, Peter, I need you to get faith. I need you to experience faith. For him, letting down the nets was more than physical. It was a faith exercise. It was faith. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. You ever heard that verse? You ever quoted it in Sunday school or VBS? For nothing is impossible with God. Well, Peter's experiencing this full, uh, in full measure through Jesus. Nothing is impossible when you let down your nets. Now, I'm speaking to the choir here because I know many of you have let down your nets and you've been following him faithfully for many, many years. I don't know if you've heard the expression, read the room. Read the room is, is kind of like know your audience and, and, and try to speak something that applies to them. And maybe this doesn't apply to you because you've already let down your nets. But I want you to think back when, when you remembered God call you. And he said, I want you to follow me in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and if I could just, just add to the thought here. If it's impossible to please God without faith, then we can't continue to let down our nets without faith. God's going to ask us to let down some things no matter what season of life we're in. Maybe you've let down a lot of things in your past. And you guys are, are, I've heard your testimonies. I know what you've done for the Lord. But I don't think he's done with us. And I've said this a couple times over the last few weeks. Let down your nets. I remember when, when I was 16, hearing God's voice just whisper to follow me. And then I heard again when I was 18. And then I heard again when I was 20. And there were different seasons where I kept hearing him say, follow me. Let down your net. Take a faith step. But it shouldn't just be the memories that we have. It should be forward thinking. It should be forward faith moving us. For nothing is impossible with God. What do you think Peter was thinking when he threw down the nets? He was not expecting a catch of fish. That's the obvious part. He was not expecting that. Now, we can say, oh, he had faith. Mm. He, he had faith about the size of a grain of mustard seed. It was just a little bit. It was just faith enough to be obedient. Maybe that's all the faith you and I have this morning. Just enough to be obedient for one more day. And the scripture says he threw down the net because Jesus told him to. This was as much as an act of obedience as it was faith. But it says, and this time, though, their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. I've heard some pastors say that uh, as they've dug into this passage, they said, well, it was, this wasn't the right time to fish. This was too late in the day. This is not the time when the fish are, are going to be in that area. And, and probably Peter knew that. And the guys he, he had been fishing with all night knew that. And so he probably wasn't expecting anything to come back up. Every time I throw my fishing line in, there's one thing I expect when I'm fishing. That either I didn't bait the hook right and the worm went flying off, that I expect. Or I expect those little sneaky little fish to come and eat and nibble away at it till there's nothing left 
But I do expect that when I pull it back up, there's nothing on there. And it happens almost every time. And I think Peter was expecting the same thing, that nothing was going to be in the net. But to his surprise, the nets were full. Full. And not just full like, oh, that's nice and really full. But to the point that the boat started to sink. And to tear, the nets were starting to tear. And they shout out, help. And they ask for help. And, the, and their, their partners come. And they fill the boat as well. And both boats were almost so full that the boats were going to sink. This was the greatest letdown in history of these fishermen. Their memories were, were seared at this moment. What happened when they let down their nets? Because the master told, told them to. Can you imagine what it was like when they went to the market with that haul of fish? What were the, what were the people in the market? I, I guarantee they're, they're murmuring, where did you fish today? Can you tell us where that fishing hole is? Um, no, he told us to just throw it out there. And we threw it out there. Let down your nets is an act of faith and obedience. The scripture says, and when Simon realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and he said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I am such a sinful man. How does catching a bunch of fish reveal your sins? Was he revealing it? Was he saying, I doubted you? I didn't really believe? I think there's part of that. Or was the fact that he threw the net over and he sees that God could do the impossible, he starts to realize that he hadn't been living a life of truly trusting God and following God. Maybe, maybe he realized all of his sins at that moment. It says, for he was awestruck by the, by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James, John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Not only did Jesus say, let down your nets on that day to, to Peter and the others so that they could experience faith, there was something else at work. The scripture says he dropped to his knees. You really want to understand the heart of God? It's on your knees. It's on our knees. That's the way we're going to understand. Not only did Peter let down his nets on that day, he let down himself. And you and I, we need to let down ourselves. You've got to let down yourself. And I'm not saying let down like uh, let down when someone wants to go somewhere and, and you cancel on them at the last time and you let them down. No, I'm talking about surrender. The scripture says that Peter, he lowers himself on his knees. This is a tough fisherman. He lowers himself on his knees and he, and he says these words, leave me. Leave me. Why not? I want to be around you more often. I don't get that. I want to be around this guy who did this miracle more often. No, he says, I'm not worthy to be even in your presence. Jesus, leave me. He's starting to understand what God is, is, is really about. He's starting to see that the God he had been talked to about as a kid was much bigger. And he's starting to realize that, that he is sinful and that there's no way he should even be in the boat with him. He is in the presence of greatness. This is an act of surrender. 
Let down yourself is an act of surrender. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. What Peter's doing right here is he's saying, I'm surrendering who I am. I am no longer this tough fisherman who can, he knows where the fish is. He can lift these nets and drop these nets, clean these nets, fix the boat. He knows all this. But now in this moment, he says, I'm a sinful man. He was amazed with who God is. Have we lost the amazement of who God is? The God of the impossible? I remember as a kid, I was so excited to follow Jesus. So excited. I was driving with my 13-year-old the other day, and I said, I said, son, why do you think the Bible says, remember the Lord in the days of your youth? He says, I don't know. It seems like old people need to remember that more. I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. But if you don't have a foundation as a young person, when you get older, you lose it. And by losing it, I mean you stop being impressed with who God is. You've not experienced him. You stop believing he can do the impossible. Building a life on a foundation of believing God can do anything will set us on the path for the future. Let down yourself, surrender, lose your life so that, that he will show you how to really find it. And Jesus was saying over and over again to the crowd, some heard him, some didn't, give up your life and follow me. Give up your life and do what I ask. Let's read a little further in this passage. There at the end it says, And Jesus replied to Simon Peter. He says, Don't be afraid. From now on you will be fishing for people. As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I mean, I want you to get this. And I know you have. They let down their nets twice on that day. One, they let it down into the sea and pulled back up a bunch of fish. The next time they let it down, they let it down for good. They exchanged these nets for a different type of net that they would cast far and wide, and that would be the gospel. Later, they would be told in Acts to go into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I was just walking around my house the other day, and I thought, how many electronics do we have in our house? We've got everything. We've got more than these guys had. And he says, I want you to let down everything. For them, their nets and their boats were everything. Let down your stuff. Let down your, what you think is your future. Because our stuff is somehow tied to that. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, one of the guys who were there on the boats that day, he says this. As he's writing to the churches. He says, do not love the Lord, or repeating these things. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let's say it again. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the Father, the love of the Father is not in him. John had given up everything years prior to writing this. He understood what it meant to let down his stuff. And it looks like, have you ever gotten to the end of something? You're like, oh, that was anticlimactic. Or I would have done it different. Maybe you've even thought that about your life. If I had to do all over again, I would do this different. That's not a good feeling. Here John, nearing the end of his life, he says this. 
Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What he's saying is, I've gotten to the end of my life, and I look back and I think about what Jesus told Peter and he told each of us on that day was to lay down our nets. He doesn't have one regret about what he was asked to lay down. I don't sense regret here, do you? He says, if you love the things of this world, do you really love God? John shows no regret here. I think the biggest letdown we could experience is if we don't let down everything that God has told us to let down. A big letdown would be to stop believing that he can do the impossible. But God says, if you'll just lay down your life, you'll find it. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.